www.aw.org. We're going to go next to um, Aaron Fulton with Local News. Aaron, it's all yours. Thank you, Rob. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW, Sitka. Today is Friday, December 11th, 2020. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Although the Sitka Tribe of Alaska Council election was held nearly a month ago, the election results have not been certified and the newly elected council members have yet to be sworn in. The reason for the delay has not been publicly disclosed and even the presumptive winners were not invited to recent proceedings on the matter in tribal court. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Former Sitka School Board member Dion Brady Howard was elected to the Sitka Tribe of Alaska Tribal Council at the beginning of November. She was one of two new candidates winning seats, tying for top vote earner with her mother, Louise Brady. Incumbents Bob Sam and Michael Miller retained their seats, and Lawrence Woody Widmark was elected to the tribal chairpost. But those results are still technically unofficial. Brady Howard was supposed to be sworn into office in early December, but then she heard that the election results had not been certified as planned when the council met on November 18th. I received a message from a friend who had heard that they weren't certified, and at that point I inquired as to what the delay was. At that time, I did receive an email that stated that there had been um, a protest regarding the results, as in someone was contesting them. According to STA's bylaws, any qualified voter can contest election results. They must file a written protest within three days of the election certification. It's reviewed by an election committee, and if the protester is unhappy with the committee's decision, they can file a complaint with tribal court. KCAW reached out several times for more information about the court proceedings and why the election results were being contested. Representatives from STA and tribal council have not provided answers to those questions. While it's still unclear why the results are being contested, they have made it to the next stage of the process. Brady Howard says she was later informed that the matter would go to trial. Which there are pretty tight timelines that exist in terms of the time between when a protest is filed and when the pretrial conference needs to happen, when the trial needs to happen. So what I was told is that there needed to be a trial, I think, within five days of the pre-trial conference and then a decision within two days of that trial. So I'm hoping to hear something within the week. Court was scheduled for 2 p.m. Wednesday, December 9th, but in an email to KCAW, a representative from tribal court said the proceedings were not open to the public. Brady Howard says she does not believe the protest relates to the conduct of any of the candidates who ran for public office. But whatever aspect of the election that's being contested, the process has already delayed the start for the new candidates' terms by over a week. Brady Howard says she's feeling a bit anxious as she waits for more information. One has to be concerned after the way things have played out recently on the national scene in terms of the presidential election. But that being said, I think that I'm just going to hope that the ordinances that the previous councils have put in place for this will help streamline the process and that we'll be able to move forward soon. And so right now I'm just trying to trust the process. She says she's eagerly awaiting when she's sworn in and hopes it will be soon. She's ready to get to work. I'm anxious to get on the council and just sort of be brought up to speed from a council perspective as to where the tribe is heading. I will say that 
in my opinion, the tribe has come a long way in terms of what they provide, and I'm excited to be a part of that. And my whole goal in running was to just bring hopefully a different voice and a different lens as we move forward as a tribe in continuing linguistic and cultural revitalization and the effort to support that and to bolster it and to hopefully make a long-term difference. According to STA's bylaws, a judge must make a ruling within two days of the trial. If that happens, it would be just in time for the next tribal council meeting, typically the third Wednesday of the month. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Mount Edgecombe High School successfully contained an early outbreak of coronavirus and is currently operating on a low alert level, despite the fact that Sitka and most of the state remains at high. The Alaska Board of Education heard a favorable report about the state-owned boarding school's effort to mitigate the virus during its quarterly meeting on Wednesday. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The Board of Education is the school board for Mount Edgecombe High School and the state's other residential secondary education programs. Mount Edgecombe Superintendent Janelle Vanoss reported that her staff's careful planning, testing requirements, and strict quarantine procedures had limited the spread of the virus, even though two students arrived on campus this fall COVID positive. The school has had only six positive cases, all asymptomatic in its student body of 366, and one case in the kitchen with a contract staff member who had no contact with students. Vanoss outlined the pros and cons of Mount Edgecombe's program during the pandemic. First, the pros. The mask wearing has gone very well. I'm really proud of our kids. They've been really pretty consistent with that. The visitor center and those restrictions of visiting and checking out has also gone really well. Uh, COVID testing has been amazing. I think we've really improved how we quarantine kids, so um, I feel like we've got a good plan there now. The communication has gone well with parents. They've been really pleased. Uh, We have lunch delivered at two different sites, and that's to reduce our cafeteria. That's gone pretty well. Um, It's quite a feat, and it's a little difficult, but it's actually turned out better than I had thought it might. Uh, The fact that our kids are continuing to learn is really going well. Um, For the most part, our kids are in class, and that's really a a helpful way to make sure that kids are interacting with uh, the learning. The cons, however, are pretty much what you'd expect from trying to wrangle 366 teens. We're really struggling to keep kids to social distance. Uh, The gym and doing those recreational activities are the most difficult to make sure that uh, you don't create close contacts. Um, Finding a holding place while we're waiting for test results, so you you don't want to put a kid in isolation or quarantine while you're still waiting for test results, that's been uh, a challenge for us, and the one-to-one tutoring we've always done is very challenging. Vanas told the board that they now keep a couple of rooms open in the dorms to move students who need to quarantine, and usually students will quarantine together. Vanas said that although this would extend the quarantine time if one of the students tested positive, it was better for the mental health of the students to be together. The greatest risk, she said, was from the school's faculty and students who live in Sitka. Vanas said that there was weekly surveillance testing of this population. Overall, the Board of Education expressed appreciation with the efforts of Mount Edgecombe. Member Sally Stockhausen was impressed. She said what many were probably thinking. If anyone should have had spread, you guys should have had spread. (laughs) Board member Keith Hamilton is president of Alaska Christian College. 
He was doubly appreciative for the Mount Edgecombe model. And I'll just thank you again. As you know, we stole a lot of what you did uh, here at Alaska Christian College and the great plan. It's really been beneficial. Panas went on to say that holiday travel was already starting at Mount Edgecombe due to some of the long layovers students needed to return home. The decision to bring students home this time of year is always the families. Vanas said that at least a dozen, and maybe more, were electing to leave their students safely on campus this year, rather than risk exposure to the virus on the trip. Vanas told the board that the Mount Edgecombe staff was prepared to make sure that those students were well cared for with activities and food. We're going to get them a lot of snacks, she said, the kind they actually like, and not the kind we think they should have. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. You can find a link to Mount Edgecombe High School's Smart Start update on our website, kcaw.org. The updated concept for a new arts facility in Juneau would expand Centennial Hall and could help boost the city's economic recovery. KTOO's Pablo Arrozpeña reports. Public Works Director Katie Kester says the project is still in its early stages, but that it may serve as a community center, conference hall, and performing arts center to replace the current Juno Arts and Culture Center, or JAC. The JAC would be demolished and the Centennial Hall itself would be expanded and um, take on all those functions. Kester says the concept is a different vision from the $4.5 million proposal for a standalone facility that voters rejected to fund in 2019. This one serves a broader purpose. She wrote in a memo that the COVID-19 pandemic and the resulting job losses also gives the community an opportunity to address the city's economic concerns. The Juno Public Works and Facilities Committee met earlier this week to discuss asking the Assembly to spend $75,000 to pay an architect to further develop the concept, create a timeline and cost estimate, as well as finalizing the design. Kester noted that the Juno Arts and Humanities Council, Travel Juno, and the Juno Chamber of Commerce, who had opposed the previous ballot measure, are all on board. City Manager Rory Watt also says he's for it, too. My take is, is that at this point in time, given that we have those three organizations uh, working together collaboratively, agreeing on the process forward, that I, I definitely support the concept. But Assemblymember Alicia Hughes-Scandies, who's also part of the Public Works Committee, had some reservations. I have real concerns about this just because it feels like a little bit of a slap in the face of the voters who fairly recently um, and fairly decisively, if I remember, voted against a new jack. If the plan does move forward, it would still be up to voter approval. Kester says a question could be on the ballot as soon as October 2021. So it's not a commitment to the project. It's really a commitment to exploring 